were just looking for a, a king that would then meet all their physical needs. But then Jesus Christ began to, to really challenge them and said, except you eat of my body and drink of my blood, you can't follow me. I mean, it was some strange stuff and everyone left. You know, so it could, you can gather a crowd when you're promising people that their physical needs are met. But when you begin to speak the things of the cross, people scatter. And you find that throughout the history. You know, it's, it's even today. If you, know, if, 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 you, if you just preach prosperity and what God can do for you, and you can gather a crowd because we are so fleshly. But when you begin to challenge people about what you can do for Christ because of what Christ has done for you, it's sad that, that people haven't changed and, and, and people just drift away. They, you know, they, they're not willing to pay that type of cost. And it was on that day that when everyone was leaving, and the, uh, other than just the twelve, and Jesus looked at, at his apostles and, and said, well, aren't you going also? And, and Peter said these words. He says, you know, Lord, where, can, where, where shall we go? Because only you have the words of life. And man, that just said it all. Because Peter had, had, had recognized, and you know, and, and, and Peter had his issues, we know that. But he did know that Christ was all in all. And folks, until we get to that point that, that there's, there, there's nothing but Christ and Christ alone, we can never begin to experience the true joy the few, few, um, that, that Christ has for us. I don't know where you are within your faith, but I can tell you this. Our Lord Jesus Christ said very, very clearly, we studied this a few weeks ago, you can't serve God and mammon. And he says, you can't straddle the fence. You either, you either is or you ain't. You're one of his or you're not. There, there's, there's no in between. There's, there's, there's really no gray areas with Christ. You're either, you're not half his child and half of the world. You're either a child of God or you're not. And I pray that you, you, you challenge yourself today, even though that's not where the message is taking us, but that's where the song seemed to take me and, and is sharing that with you. Especially as we approach Easter. Because, folks, Christ gave it all for you and me. And I pray this week you would just really contemplate that and take the Word of God and sit down and read the Easter story over and over and over again in your, in your Word. And um, of the one who humbled himself, even to the point, the point of death. I want us to look at today, though, as we've been studying the last several weeks, and, and, and I'm kind of closing out this series. I, I may pick it back up if I, if I think, but I've really been moving to a point. And, and the point of today, because there not being the, 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 the night of vision... I wanted to challenge you, and you may be looking at your clock and say, wow, we've already had an entire service. I'm still going to challenge you a little bit. I, and I, I, I recognize the time. But there's just some real core things within my heart that you need to hear, and I want you to stop and you need to examine yourself. If you have your Bibles, um, turn to, to, to Proverbs uh, 28, verse 19. It's a, it's a, it's a verse that... Um, Many of you are familiar with it, but this may be the first time you've ever heard of that. Some of you may say, well, pastor, you're taking this out of context. Just hold with me. I, I was gonna, and really, I'm, I'm, I'm going to this verse to, to keep you from a longer text that I was originally going to uh, deal with because I can pull all of that in. But, I, but recently, over the first of the year, we've been talking about the importance of stewardship. 
and that our entire life is stewards. I mean, because uh, stewardship de- determines your worldview. Either um, God's the center of the world or he's not. And so whether you're a good steward or, or how you live your life um, proves whether you believe that all things center around God or all things center around me. Either you have a biblical worldview or you have a, a secular worldview. Again, there's no cut and dry here. And then it's also when we get to stewardship where, where God commands us to, to do things and that he'll, because we, we preach very often here that um, blessings always follow obedience. And so we, but we have to ask ourselves, God, can I really trust you? Do, are you really going to be faithful in the things that you said that you'll do? And um, I think we're afraid to ask that question, but many times that's how we live our lives, that I can't really trust God in what he says. And then, folks, God is either is who he says he is and he'll do what he says he'll do or he won't. Then there's a bigger question that needs to be asked in the area of stewardship. Can God trust me? Will I be faithful? You know, can God hang his hat on me? And that's kind of what we're going to be focusing on today. And we, we've talked about stewardship in our possessions. I mean, God is the owner of all things. Are we going to be faithful in our time? Are we going to be faithful in our talents? Because God has given us talents. He's given us spiritual gifts. And, our, and, and we're a body of Christ here. Are we going to be faithful in fulfilling God's purpose in, 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 in my life? And, and so we, we, we've talked about so many issues. But today we're going to be looking at an issue that, um, am I going to be a good steward of the vision God has placed upon my heart? And you think, what in the world does vision have to do with stewardship? We're going to be talking about that in just a moment. So if you have your Bibles and you turn, to, if you found Proverbs, the, the um, uh, I might have said 28 chapter, but it's actually 29 chapter, verse 19. I realized I'd said that wrong. Let's all stand together as we read this word. Proverbs, the 29th chapter. Just a, just a, a pithy statement by in the Word of God, but I think it's something we need to stop and really consider. And again, hang with me as we address this. But the Word of God speaks these words when it says in, in Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law happy is he. Um, now, in the, in the ESV, it would read something like this, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. The NIV would say where there is no revelation, then the people will cast off restraint. And so, so again, stay with me where we're going with this. And, and, and um, I'm going to be speaking to you about what has God revealed in your heart. Let's pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus, we ask you to bless this time, bless this word. And I just pray that, God, that you'd show us things that we've never seen. But, but God, not only the things that you've showed us, but, God, that we might act upon those things that you have already revealed to us. And so, God, I ask you to bless and, and you take this time and use it for your glory. In Christ's name, amen and amen. Well, as I come to this point, and we, we look at this particular passage where, where the Word of God teaches us where there is no vision, the people perish. A longer text I was going to use to you is found in, in Acts, the 26th chapter, where the Apostle Paul was speaking to King Agrippa. He has given us his testimony. 
And he was talking about when he met Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus and how that when Christ spoke to him on the, on the road to Damascus, that he had called Paul, this, this man that was against the church, that was against Christ. As a matter of fact, he took it upon himself to destroy the church where Jesus asked him, Paul, Paul, or Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And, and, and how we persecute Christ is we persecute his church. Folks, when you mess with God's people, you mess with God. And we need to understand that. And it was through that, 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 that revelation that God had, had spoken to this man that was, was so intensely against Jesus Christ. But God said that I am calling you to preach my gospel. Not only to the Jews, but all to the Gentiles. You're talking about somebody who had his life turned upside down. First of all, he met the Christ whom he was persecuting. And then that same one who was persecuting says, now you're going to go preach the gospel, the the very gospel that, that you're persecuting people. And that vision that Paul had on that day on the road to Damascus absolutely radically not only changed his life, but it also changed the world's life because Paul became, apart from Jesus Christ, the greatest missionary this world has ever known. As a matter of fact, through the, through the ministry of the Apostle Paul, you probably three continents were touched. Um, there was you know, the Asian continent, and then it probably drifted down... Um, you know, into Africa, but also definitely the, the, the continent of Europe was changed because of this, this one man about Christ revealing himself to Paul. And basically at the end when he spoke to, to the Agrippa, he says, the thing about it, I've been faithful to the godly vision. And boy, that rings to me. Am I faithful to what Christ speaks to me? Now, let's be honest with ourselves that most of us will never have a Damascus Road experience where God would just meet us on the road and shut us down. I've heard of those. <laughs> Honestly, we had an uncle, and, and her uncle and her aunt were, uns- you know, they, they, they didn't have anything to do with God. And, and God just met, um, met her uncle driving in the car one day. I mean, it was almost a Damascus road where he had to stop the car and get out and, and, um, and, and get in the ditch because God spoke to him. And again, we, that's never happened to me. But folks, it's not to say it can't happen to you. You know, and Moses, I mean, I mean Moses was on the backside of nowhere He'd ran about as far as he could away from God. He says, I'm just going to chill out, marry me a shepherd girl, and I want to keep her daddy's sheep, and, and you know, that's as far as I want to go. And then on the backside of the desert, there was a bush burning, and, and, and God began to speak through that bush. And again, not only radically changed Moses' life, but he changed the nations of Israel's life and even our lives today. Now, I've never had a burning bush experience. Christ has never spoken through me, to me through a burning bush. But folks, God still speaks to people today. And he speaks in a lot of different ways. When we begin to ask this idea about vision, I think it's interesting within the New Testament when Paul uses that word vision, it's, 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 it's a word that, it's a root word that we get our idea of ophthalmology today. It's because it's something that got where God allows us to see. As a matter of fact, in this passage here where it says where there is no vision, it's got the idea of seeing that, that, that 
When God speaks, that God has a way of opening our eyes that we can see. We sing a, I think we sang a song last week, Open the Eyes of My Heart, Lord, that, that God begins to allow us to see things we've never seen before. And again, he speaks to us in a lot of different ways. You know, we, we heard about Paul's vision, we, we, Moses' vision, but, but you know, God speaks to us probably most and foremost through his word. Because God has given us his word, his love letter, through the written words that we call the Bible. And folks, when we read the Bible, that is God himself speaking to you and me. And that's why we need to be in the word. A lot of us say, well, I hadn't heard from God. Well, you hadn't been in his word. I'll, I'll say this, that, that probably more times than any is that God speaks to my heart when I'm reading his word. And I'm not even looking, but he, 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 I begin to see him and hear him as he speaks to me in his heart. I'm, I'll be sharing an experience with you in just a moment about that. God also speaks to us through the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And normally it's because the Word of God is in our heart. But the Holy Spirit comes and speaks to us. Now, you know, and Elijah, Elijah is a guy that was down in his dump. He just had great victories. But then he, he, was, he was fighting some depression and some fatigue. And he met a, a pagan woman that threatened him and that scared him to death. And he ran away. Now, a lot of times that's what we do. You know, when things get down on us, instead of running to God, we try to run away from God. And, 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 and he, 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 wrote, he went all the way back to Mount Sinai, which was, Eddie preached on this a, a few weeks ago. He, he preached, uh, he ran forever. And, and, you know, so many times we want, to, we want God to speak to us in a spectacular way. And, and God sent an earthquake, and God was not in the earthquake. And God sent a windstorm, and he was not in the windstorm. He sent a fire, he was not there. He was not there. But, you know, he spoke to Elijah in a still, small voice. You know, we are so prone to the spectacular. You know, we, we want that Damascus Road experience or we want that burning bush experience. But more than not, God speaks to us in that still, small voice. I think he, God wants to know whether we're listening to him or not. Sometimes he speaks to us through a, another person. That, that, that someone has, you know, that, that, that really loves us. And concerned about us that God speaks through that. And God reveals things to us. But God still speaks today. And he reveals himself to us. I believe that with all of my heart. And, and I challenge you today in the name of Jesus. If you're his child, God still speaks to you. Which I think is the greatest miracle of all that God of all creation. That would still speak to, to people. Sinful people. And, and, and so as we, we stop and we think about that, if, that, that these things are so important. And, and is, that, is it important for us to get, speak to? And, and that's why I went here, because the whole idea is that where there's no vision, where, where, there's, where God is not speaking, and normally he, he's given the idea through a prophet. If God is not speaking in the life of a nation or a life of a people, we're in great trouble. And it says where there's no vision, where God is not speaking through his prophets. And, but I've just shared that God speaks in a lot of different ways. It's not only through prophets. But if God quits speaking in our lives, folks, there's danger because we will turn away from him both morally and spiritually. And so when, when God, is, that we'll just cast off constraint, we'll not even think about the things of God anymore, and we'll fulfill the things of our flesh. And that's why it's so important 
that we hear the word of God. And if, and if we're not hearing the word of God, that we stop and ask ourselves why, why? And not that we hear the word of God, but we respond to the word of God. Because folks, if God continues to try to speak to you and you push him away, guess what? He just won't speak anymore. And I believe that's what happened to Israel. Because they went through 400 long years. God just shut it down. And he says, when that happens, my people perish. They cast off restraint. But I believe in my heart that, that God is still speaking to people today. He's speaking to you today. And, and, um, and I challenge you today in the name of Jesus of being a good steward of what God is speaking to your heart. And again, why is this so important? Now, let me just touch base of some core beliefs. You see, I believe, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, and I believe with all my heart that God has a purpose and plan for every one of his children. That we are created for a purpose, we are saved for a purpose, and the Bible says we are saved unto good works. And, 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 and so if you're here today and, and you consider you're a child of God, that, that God has a plan, he has a purpose for your life now, we, we all have the, the, the general purpose that, that we are to glorify God through our lives, but we all have specific purpose because God deals with us individually. And we've, we've talked about that in our stewardship, that, that God has created us all differently. We're not a bunch of robots that look and sound and act just the same, but, but God has, you know, he, he's made us all differently. He's given us different physical attributes, and, and he's given us different talent attributes. You heard the choir up here sing. I can't do that, but I thank God for those who can. He's given us, uh, and, and then he's also given us... Um, He's given us um, spiritual gifts that, that, that for some of us, he's made preachers. Some of us, he's, he's made administrators. Some of us, he's made servants. Some of us, he's given mercy. And I thank God we, we need everyone. And so God specifically has dealt with us, the Bible says, as he wishes. And so therefore, that tells me that, um, actually, that, that God has created you as he created you physically, he's given you the experience he's given you, but also he's given you a, a gift of the Holy Spirit that no one can fulfill your purpose like you can. And I think that's so important to realize that, that folks, I'm not an accident out there, that I am a, an important part of the plan of God. And, and only if I fulfill who I am can that part of God's plan be fulfilled. And, and we see that throughout all of Scripture where, where God uses people to be a part of his plan. Isn't that amazing? That God has, has the redeemed. Now, now, God could have used his angels. God could have created some other type of being. God, God could have just come down and did it all himself. But in the plan and the economy of God, that God chose to use redeemed people to fulfill his plan. He says, because faith comes without hearing and, and hearing by the word of God. But how can they hear if they haven't had a preacher? God has used you and me to go and tell the good news. But then also, the, Paul teaches us that we're ambassadors. We're, we're the ones to take him into a lost world. And I think it's just so amazing that God uses people just like you and me. Yeah, you've had a messed up life, and yeah, you have a lot of regrets in your life, but that's what's so cool about the, the blood of Christ is God can clean us up, and he can change our lives, and he can use us in a way that, we, you know, where we thought we were dead and done, God's just starting in our life. Isn't that good? Man, that's, that's so good. 
Well, I see Joe just shaking. Joe, isn't that amazing how God took you from where you are to put you now? Man, old Joe, you know, he never thought he'd get out of Georgia. Then he's been to Honduras twice in the last two years. <clears throat> and, 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 you know, folks, we're good at messing our lives up. God's good at cleaning us up and putting us in his purpose. And, and, and so that's a core belief that I have, but also that, 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 that how God, God moves upon us, he speaks to us, which I've already dealt with that. I kind of preached that point ahead of time. That God, how, how God reveals his purposes to us as he begins to speak to us. Once we become a child of God and, and once the same Holy Spirit that, 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 that when God spoke and, and the world came into place, it's the same Holy Spirit that lives within our hearts. That's just amazing to me. And God speaks to us through the, through the Holy Spirit that, that's within our heart. And, and he talks to us. And where Jesus says, you know, I'm the shepherd and the, and the sheep know my name. So when he speaks to us, we hear him. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily, he, he, he speaks to us sometimes corporately as we're here. But you know what's so amazing? He speaks to us individually. That he wants that time that he can speak to you to reveal himself. And this is what I want you to do for me. And I think it's so amazing that God would speak to me individually. And there's some of you today, God's, you know, we, I might be speaking. There might be 300 people in this place or how many they are. But I, folks, I've been in areas where there's 5,000 people and God began to speak. And it was like it was just me and the person speaking at the same time. It's like there was nobody else around that God was, God was speaking to my heart. There's some of you that's like that today. Because he's trying to reveal himself. He's trying to reveal vision within your life so that, that, that you can fulfill his purpose. And, and that's what God does. Is God speaks to people in, in so many different ways. God may be speaking to you today strictly through, this, through his word. Or he may be, you know, the Holy Spirit is joining in his word and speaking to you individually. He may, be, he may have, before you even woke up and came here and didn't you know about a song that was going to be sung, a testimony that was going to be given today, that God is already speaking to your heart. But he does that to fulfill his purpose. And, and so that he can, he can specify what he wants to do in your life. Have you ever even thought about that? Have you ever thought about, what, God, why did you create me the way that you, you created me? God, why, you know, why did you make me the way I, why did you make me a man? Why did you make me a woman? Why did you give me this talent? Why, you know, God, why did you give me this? If God, God, why did you allow me to have those experiences that I have? I, I guarantee it had been easy for Doug because of what happened to him as a teenager boy. It had been very easy for him to question God, God, why, 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 why? And folks, we all, we all have that, you know, that the thing about it, we're all disabled. Now, some of us, our bodies are, are, are broken, but folks, one thing about it we've learned to celebrate recovery, folks, we all have hurts, hangups, and habits. All of our lives are messes in some ways. But, but God doesn't waste the mess. That's what's so cool to me. That God doesn't waste a hurt. And, and, and so God, you, you, when you begin to think, God, why did you allow me to go through this experience? It may be very well God is trying to speak to you through that and so that you can use that experience to minister to someone else in the future. I've shared that with you before about me. I've shared it very openly. A, few, a couple of years ago, the Lord allowed me to, to get through some depths of depression. I've never been there before. But I guarantee you now, it changed the way I look at people. 
I guarantee you now when I hear some, I, I know what's in their voice because I've been there and done that. See, in the past, I would just throw a verse at somebody and, you know, get over it and have enough faith. And I realize that doesn't work because God allowed me that experience and he's opened up a whole new world to me in ministry. Would I want to go that trail again? No. If I, would I have ever chose that trail? No. But folks, because he put it down, that he had a purpose in it. You know, he even had a purpose in the plan for that depression he put me through. Because he specifically has purpose for us. But then therefore, we must understand that when God begins to speak to us, God's plan is bigger than any of us. That if I can fulfill God's plan in my life by myself, then it's not God's plan. I mean, if you have some type of hankering or something that you can do for God and, and you can do it yourself, then you don't have a God vision. Because God's visions are bigger than any of us. It will intimidate the fire out of us. It will throw us out of our comfort zone and it will get us on our knees and say, God, I can't do that. You remember Moses? When God told Moses to go back and, um, and, 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 and set his people free, Moses began to, I mean, he began to give, God, I just can't do that. I can't speak, you know. I'm, I, he gave God every excuse in the world. And, and, and folks, that's what God, a God vision will normally do to us. At first, it will just shock us and just stop us in our track because, God, I can't do that. Well, that's when it begins to get good because guess what? You can't do that. You can't fulfill God's purpose and plan for your life. You've got to have God to do that. Because his plan, anytime it's God's plan, it's going to be bigger than you. That's what's amazing. That God wants to work through broken vessels like you and me to do things greater than we could ever do on our own. And so therefore, when I look across the congregation like this, I, you know, I see a bunch of people. We've all been broken. We all have hurts, hangups, and habits. We all have had mess in our lives. We all had... Um, you know, we've all had those experiences in our lives. But one thing that we have in common, if you're a believer, is we've met Jesus Christ, the creator of the world. And that he loved us so much that he died for us. And God can take each one of you and do things that would just blow not only your mind, but everybody's mind. See, folks, it blew people's mind when, Joe, when, when Paul began to speak the gospel, uh, preach the gospel. As a matter of fact, a lot of people didn't want to have anything to do with Paul because they thought this guy, you know, this guy used to, he used to persecute Christians. And so they couldn't believe that, that somebody could change that much. Joe, there's probably people in your life that couldn't believe what God's done in your life. They think you're putting on. But again, folks, that's when God begins to show up, when he does something bigger than you. And, and when he gives us that vision and when he begins to show us those things, then we have to realize he's trying to do something bigger than, 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 than ourselves. But we're going to be held accountable for that one day. God, we're going to have to stand before the Lord one day and give an account of the vision that he has placed upon our hearts. We're going to, have, we're going to be judged. So the question is, how faithful am I with the vision that God has given me? How, how, fit, how faithful am I with that thing God has placed upon my heart? Have I been like that when, when, God, when Jesus talked about the talents where he gave one five talents, one two and one one, and the five went out and multiplied the talents and, and, and the one with two went and multiplied the talents. But that other one, and I think that other one so much, he is so typical of most people in the church. We take that and we go and bury it. You see, I think there's a lot of people even within this church, and I, I believe worldwide, 
And I love this church. I think this is a great, I think it's one of the greatest churches. I, I don't think, I know it's the greatest church I've ever been a part of. But I still think there's a lot of gifts that's been buried because you're scared of it. And, and so what we do is we go and we bury that gift. We bury that vision that God has placed on us. And folks, that's what I'm challenging you today. That maybe God has spoken to your heart and he's taken an experience that, you, that, that he has given you. And, and maybe through that still small voice, um, I, I had someone come to my office, set up an appointment this week, come to my office because there's been a still small voice gnawing in her heart because a few years ago she went someplace and there was a, there's been a still small voice and I think she's been trying to push that voice off. But folks, that voice kept gnawing on her and she says, well, Pastor, what am I supposed to do? I said, well, you, you, you better hear God's voice. And she was here to do that. I mean, that's what she was there. I, gosh, I heard today about God putting a still small voice in someone's heart about a ministry. I think it's fired up. I had, I had someone just recently call me over to their, to their shop and say, hey, let me tell you about something that's just been on my heart. And Folks, that fires me up. When God begins to move upon people and we don't bury that, that we begin to do something about that, that, that we begin to, to take that and use that. And that's how God works. He, he works through people like you and me. And that's why you've heard me say over and over again that we'll never find the full joy of our salvation until we, until we find God's purpose and plan for our life and we're fulfilling that plan. Folks, that's where abundant life is. That's, that's where those wow moments come is when we come to that point and we just, we just realize, wow, God is using me. He's using a broken vessel like me to reveal his glory. Folks, the world can't offer that payday. The world has not come up with something that can bring greater joy than knowing that God has used me to fulfill his glory. That's why vision is so important that, that, that when I'm speaking of vision, I'm, I'm talking about hearing that voice of God or the revelation of God upon our lives. Someone once asked Helen Keller, you know, what would be worse than being born blind? And Helen Keller says, is to be able to see but have no vision. Because vision is the very thing that drives us. The vision is the very thing that gives us purpose, that there's a God in heaven that is speaking to me and that has so entrusted in me that he's, he's counting on me. I love what is accredited, and probably someone else spoke this, but it was read, but Robert Kennedy spoke these words before he was assassinated. And Robert Kennedy says, you know, some people look at things as, as they are and say, why? But other people look at the way things can be and say, why not? Because they don't allow the circumstance to keep them from seeing what God sees. And I'm challenging you as a church, as well as myself, that don't hide that which is speak, that God is speaking to you. That God has a vision for each one of us individually, as well as us as a body. And I just believe that God wants to do great things through you in this church. I can just, I'll tell you about some of those tonight, about how God has used some of you.
to start, start ministries that has just impacted our community and now impacting our world. It's simply because people just like yourself, they continue to hear that voice and they, they finally said, what do I need to do about it? Folks, I'll say this in closing, and, 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 and I, I share this very passionately. God has an anointing upon Rayford Road Church. There's something about Rayford Road Church that I, I've not experienced anyplace else. It's just different. I knew that before I ever came to Pastor Rayford Road Church. I could hear what people would say within the community. There was just something different. And, and, and when God began to, to in, a, in a very strange way, lead me back to McClenny and then later give me an opportunity to, to be considered as pastor to Rayford Road Church, I wasn't sure that's where I needed to be. And, and um, a lot of our people didn't figure out that I needed to be there. But, but, but I began to hear some things. As a matter of fact, right before I became the pastor, or even the church, cho- that, that this church had a 50th um, homecoming. And I've heard Brother Stanley talk about this time again. And, and Stanley, if I'm wrong, you tell me. The Brother Stanley had someone to come to him. I don't think that person was a pro- part of this church, but came to, to, to uh, said these things to Brother Stanley, that God was going to do something great through this church. That he was going to multiply this church. And just as almost like God was speaking through him. And I've heard Stanley talk about that. That what God had spoken through that individual time and again. When I began to pray about God what to do and, and should I come to this church. I, I went back to my mentor, Brother Ray McKendry. And, and, he, he, and, I, and I said, Brother Ray, you know, they're considering me at Rayford Road Church. I don't know if that's what God wants me to do. And I've just come for your advice. And, and Brother Ray kind of lowered his voice. I always remember this. He said, Johnny, uh, God's going to raise up a church, a mighty church in Baker County. He said, Rayford Road's that church. And Brother Ray had no con. He, he just knew there was, there was an anointing upon this church. And he, and, and he said, you know, I pray you, you might be the pastor. Not long after I came, Brother Don Turner had been the interim here for about a year and a half and did a great job of getting the church back and did a great job as an interim. And I, I remember I was just sitting in my little office. Um, we had to carve out an office over where the coffee shop is, and I called Brother Don. I said, Brother Don, I just want to thank you for the job that you did. And Brother Don Turner, without being provoked, he said these words. He said, Johnny, God's going to make Rayford Road Church a regional church. He says they're different. Then that's kind of strange. That God spoke to a man that, that came to, to Stanley unprovoked, and then he spoke through Brother Ray that, that unprovoked. He spoke to Don Turner, and they were all saying the same message that God has his hands upon Rayford Road Church. And it was not long after that when I became pastor here. I, I could see there was a difference. And I know in prayer time again over in that, you know, God just was just praying that we, even when we were building facilities, you know, God says, you know, just revealed. I mean, very clear. I got the number in my head. You better do this or, 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 or you're going to. And I thought, wow, God, that's, 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 that's kind of a stretch. And then to see what God began to do through you people. And God had, 
given me a word a while back, a, a verse. But, but to be frank and to be honest with you, you know, the, the church has went through some transition in the last three or four years. And boy, we've, we've went through some storms and some battles. And, and, and I'll be frank with you, I felt some discouragement. I really thought, God, am I the person that you have for this? And I, and I began to wonder, well, God, what about the, what these people said? You know, this doesn't make sense to me. Why, you know, if, if, if you're going to do this, then why in the world are we going through this? And what are we doing? What's happening? And I, I, I was just really confused. But during our 21-day fast that we had recently, on the third day of that fast, I was in the Word of God. And, and I read, and I can't remember if that was part of our, 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 our journal or not, or whether I was just reading the Word. God brought me back to a, a very familiar verse, a verse that He had spoken to me. When He said these words, we find in Habakkuk, the second chapter, verse 2, and the Word of God says this He says, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon the tables, that He may run that reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. And I stopped and I meditated upon that word, and just as clear as I'm speaking to you right now, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, I've not changed my plans. And he revealed to me at that moment, He's not finished with his vision for Rayford Road Church. The folks, our greater days are ahead. And all that we've seen happen in these last years that God's got, that, that, he, that his vision, although it tarries, that does not mean that he's forgotten. That God has a, he has not finished with the work that he's going to do at Rayford Road Church. And from that being said, how does he work through Rayford Road Church? He works through people just like you. I'm simply a pastor. Eddie's simply a pastor. Nathaniel's simply a pastor. But God fulfills his purposes through you. And that's why I challenge you today that God, God has a vision for every one of you as well as the church. I can imagine in this group of people right now, if you would just begin to allow God to speak to you, or maybe he's already spoken to you, and not hide that, you know, it may seem crazy. God, I can't do that. That's when it gets good, folks. You can't. But if our people would go and dig up those visions that God has, has, has that we have buried, and we begin to pray over those and say, God, I don't know what you, how you can do it, but Lord, I'm going to make myself faithful. And God's going to show himself faithful. And folks, this little body of people south of McClenny can turn this world upside down for Jesus Christ. Folks, we can change our community. We can change our state. We can change the world through the power of Christ. But it comes through you people. It comes through people who are just faithful. And see, the greatest gift we have is God is still speaking to us today. See, when, there's no, when God quits speaking, when there's no vision, the people perish. But folks, I believe with all my heart, God's still speaking. And there's some of you he wants to use in an incredible way. 
There's some of you right now as I speak know that, that God has had that still small voice in your life. He's put some crazy ideas in your, your mind. And, and um, you think, well, God, what am I going to do with that? You may want to come today at the altar and say, God, this is crazy. But I want to make myself available. Probably when God began to speak to Doug a, a few years ago, he thought, oh, God, this is kind of crazy. But you know what? Doug didn't bury, Lynn didn't bury that vision. They said, okay, God, here it is. And now it's gone international on them. God, we had, folks, we had a little church that south of McClenney that used to do a mission trip every year. And now our little church has an has a international mission builders where, where we send 17, we, we've built over 100 churches in the last 10 years. We've built children's homes. We've ministered. Well, now we do medical missions. We do all kinds of stuff. How can that happen? How can God use Rayford Road? That's the problem. It's not about Rayford Road. It's about God. And folks, he's, that, that's, I think that's just the first fruits. That's why it's so important that we have a vision individually as a church. So I'm going to close in just a moment. I want to give you an opportunity as the Holy Spirit spoken to your heart. Do you want to dream, dream big for God? You know, he said in the latter days, and folks, I believe we're in the latter days, that his people are going to dream dreams. And I think we need to dream big for God. Do things that, 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 that are going to make a significant change for the kingdom of God. And that's what I challenge the people of Rayford Road Church. Let's pray that God would speak to us. However he wants. He can speak to us through a dream, through Damascus Road, through a burning bush. He can speak through a word, the prompting of the Holy Spirit. But the important thing, he's still speaking to you. Are you willing to do something about it? In just a moment, I want to pray. Our team's going to come up and lead us. And you may just want to come and make yourself available. And you may want to say, God, use me to do great things. God took a little old guy that was in, in, in England. He was a little cobbler. And everyone turned against him because he, he, you know, he, he just got a vision for God. And, and, um, and he preached what they call the deathless sermon. And uh, so many people turned away from him when, 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 he, when he began to preach, expect great things for God, attempt great things from God. His contemporaries laughed him out, but he, was, he started the modern-day missionary movement. A little cobbler. Folks, he can use you to change the world. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. We praise you, you this day. And God, I just pray that you do your work, Lord. You work through people. And God, you're speaking through people. And I just pray right now that you would just reveal yourself. And God, I just pray today that our people can dream, not be afraid of dreaming great things that you show us. So Holy Spirit, just move as you would right now. God bless this church. In the precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.